Welcome to Shooting the Ish with a Brit, the podcast where David, a white British man, and Jen, a black American woman, shoot the shit. Ish, she means ish, about whatever we want. British dinky deckers. Check. American bonnets. Check. Even mysterious potatoes. Oh, double check. So join us for another episode of Shooting the Ish with a Brit. What it do, baby? Hello, Jennifer. (laughs) (laughs) What it do, baby? That that sounds like a a Scooby-Doo phrase. What it do, baby? (laughs) (laughs) I I mean, I love it. I get it. I love it. That's a good. That's probably one of your best ones, actually. Thank you. That's probably one of your best ones, and and it makes like for mine. At the mine recently have all been about like where I've been located or where I've been in the world, and and they're definitely not as fun as that. <laughs> what a do, baby! I got that from I love um, it. I love Kawhi it. Leonard. Do you know who that is? No, I don't. But again, that's a great name. I know it is. It's such a good name. So Kawhi it's Leonard, really good name, is a basketball player um, for the Toronto Raptors. He may no longer be playing for the Toronto Raptors. We will see. But Toronto Raptors just won the NBA uh, championship. Yeah. Against the Golden State Warriors, and Kawhi Leonard is like their star player. So Kawhi is a great name, and he's from Compton. Los Angeles, give it up. And so love it. There's there this, you go. There's this meme that's circulating with him saying, What it do, baby? That I really love. <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. Love it. Love what it. you got for me? Well, my mine mine sounds like the opposite of what it means, but it can also mean what the opposite is. And it's Sia, which is the Hungarian for hello. And and just for the listeners, just so you know. Jen and I are both recording in different places this week. I am in Budapest in Hungary, and, and Jen's back at home in Chicago, whoop, whoop. which is very cool. It's the first time we've done it when we haven't been in, in where, we, uh, where we live, which is very fun. So, um, But I, I actually want to start by saying something that I realized this week, um, and I realized that I'm going to be one of those old dudes <laughs> with really like gnarly, erratic eyebrows. You know, you know when like some dudes get older and they're just kind of they're just like you look like a mad scientist. And I is think, that not a British thing? Is that not a British rite of hey, passage? As you get maybe like, it older? is, maybe it is. But and 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 I'm I'm one of those guys. It seems I can already see it now, and it could even be like a case of two or three years, and you might look at me and you're like, "What happened to this guy?" But you know that yeah. brushes exist, like eyebrow brushes or like, you know, different techniques to arch them. You could get them yep. waxed or threaded or something. It doesn't have to be like that. Jen, look who you're talking to here. Come on, <laughs> I'm never going to get my eyebrows waxed or threaded. The most I will do will probably be maybe a little trim, but really it's just going to be licking the end of my index finger and just wiping it, you know, just, just okay. like pushing it to the side. Stay but, in Los Angeles for another 10 years. Okay, <laughs> we'll see. We'll see, we'll see. <laughs> um, so, uh, firstly, I just want to say about Budapest, just because I am here, um, yes. I, I love this city. It's very cool. Um, it's super hot. Wait, right how now, do you but... say it? I've heard people say Budapest. It's, it's Budapest. Budapest. Budapest is, is, the, is the right way to say it. But okay. more commonly around the world, it's, it's called Budapest. Um, uh, I love it. I think I've, I said, I've walked around 20 miles in the last two days and kind of just to get a real feel for the city. And there's just and that's nothing. It's like there's so much here. It's so big, very vibrant. People are nice. Um, it's been like 85, 90 degrees Fahrenheit, which is very, very lovely. 
Um, and it's great. It's not really, not really. It's like twenty percent. So it's a little bit, but not much. Like it's it feel too hot to me, even though it's that That's hot. Nice. Yeah, this is really cool. So I highly recommend anyone visiting. It's also very cheap and very easy to get to. Um, so yeah, have a you know if you come, have a great time. Hit me up for some recommendations because I got some recommendations from someone else, and every single one of them have been spot on. So that's a shout out to Declan, my friend Declan, who has, has given me those, and, and yeah, which is fantastic. So, and and how's Chicago, Jen? How's it been? Chicago hot? is good. Yeah. Um, it's been kind of unbearably hot. It kind of oh. goes up and down. So like, I got here Monday. It was it was it was nice in the morning when I got here. Then it like got up to like the nineties. Then it would like rain here and there. Um, and it's extremely humid in Chicago. I don't think people understand that. Like our city is built on the water. Um, yeah. So when it gets really hot, like we really feel thick, super ridiculous moisture in the air. Uh, today, it's actually cooler. It's like in the 70s. So how can it go from like ridiculously like 90 and humid to like the 70s? Well, that's what I'm dealing with. Um, but it's been so nice to be around family. I just really love my family. I'm such a beautiful, loving, supportive family. And then I'm just noticing all the different changes in my neighborhood that I'll talk about a little bit later um, that are really inspiring and beautiful. But it's been really great to be back home. Good. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So um, what, why don't you tell me what your favorite thing about London or England or the UK is this week? What you got for me? So what is my favorite thing about London or the UK this week? Um, I'm going to have to actually say, I don't know. I think I wasn't prepared for this one, David. Oh, my God. That Here is go. terrible, Jen. Here I go. Yeah, so let me put it to you. And then let me think about it. Okay? Let me think about it for a second. Okay. So what's your so, favorite so thing about the U.S.? Well, I've, I'm going to have two two favorite things this week, so maybe that'll make up for the lack of your one. Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't one of them I don't think I've said before, but I've always I've thought it many many times. It's very simple. It's the traffic rule in the US where you can turn right on red. I love it. It's so okay. efficient and so, so simple. Okay, I'm going to let you finish, but I have a comment to that. Yes, please, because because in America it's so easy to do that, and you say it's so efficient for traffic. Um, especially if you're kind of aware of what's going on on the road. Um, and it's just easy. And whereas in England, I come and obviously it's the opposite. You know, it would be left on red or whatever. Um, but there isn't that rule. And I feel like there'd be so much more efficiency if it was there. Yeah. So that's one of my favorite things this week. What do you got? What, what's your comment? So my comment is, as I've been driving around Chicago, I forgot that I can make a right on red. Do you know why? Uh -huh. Because in New York, you can't do that. Right. Is that just in Manhattan, in New York? Proper? In New York proper. So, wow, that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. I had assumed that going right on red was a completely blanket U.S. thing, but apparently yeah. it's not. Why We cannot do it in New York, in New York proper. Um, I see. But now that I'm here in Chicago, I have to remember I can do it, and I do appreciate it because I can get to where I'm going a lot faster. Yeah, um, But I've great. had a few people, you know, honk at me here and i'm like why are they oh <laughs> right i can make a right uh -huh. on red right now you know uh-huh yeah it's a good oh, one yeah. it really is a good one so that's one of them and it was based on the experience i had in london this week uh which is which is service in the u.s and and by that i'm not talking about when you go out for dinner you know in a restaurant or anything i'm actually talking about retail service 
And in America, when you, you go to the store and you buy something, you're kind of, you are number one and you're absolutely, you know, the customer is, is the person that's the most important in the room, which is just, you know, they make you feel very good. Your, their attention is on you and, and, you know, whatever the situation store, if you're paying for something or asking a question in England, it is not like that at all. When you go in and I forgot this, but when you go into a store and uh, I went in to buy something the other day, I got to the till and there's no one else at the till. There's just, two people behind the till and then one person in front of the till, all three of them working there, all having a chat about a coffee maker, which they're all trying to buy online for some weird reason. It didn't even look that great, <laughs> if I'm honest. And, uh, and, and this girl, you know, she was trying to buy the last one and, and she missed it. She didn't get the last one. And that, they were just talking about that. And I'm standing there like, you know, waiting to pay and I'm being patient because I'm, I'm a patient person and being polite. But it was probably about 30 seconds at least until she kind of acknowledged me and then the whole process took several minutes because while she was doing it, really her focus was on this coffee maker and this conversation. And it was just really rude. And, and I just didn't like it. And maybe I'm just I guess, accustomed to like nicer service in the US. But mm -hmm. uh, so that's one thing I also like about the US this week is that like retail service is just so much better and respectful and, and kind of, yeah. That's really nice. Of and you and to again, say. And again, it may not be all the stores in the UK, obviously, um, but, you know, it's, it's I experienced it a couple of times where it was clearly not the, you know, not as nice as it is in the US. So, so yeah. Cool. I like those two. Yeah. They don't yeah. make up for yeah. me not having a favorite thing in the UK, though. They don't. But I have You can just now. say it's me. You can just say it's me. No, That's fine. No, no, no. So we're going to go <laughs> with something else. So guess what? Prince Charles gets my respect because apparently, and this has come from a tabloid, of course, but I'm taking it as news and my favorite thing about the UK. All right. Prince Charles apparently has a new nickname for Meghan Markle. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but are Meghan and her husband Duke and Duchess or Prince and Princess? They're, they're Duke and Duchess. I Duke and Duchess. Like, okay. I, I, so, I could be getting shouted at by at this point because I could be wrong. I'm pretty sure it's Duke and Duchess. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, well, so, she, he, he is a prince though also, obviously. But, right, obviously. Yeah, so the yeah. rumor is that Prince Charles, her father-in-law, which is, you know, her husband Harry's daddy, um, Meghan and Prince Charles, I guess, the rumor mill is saying they are not like the friendliest to each other or maybe like Prince Charles doesn't really like her that much. And so... The tabloids are saying that he's called her the like Duchess Difficult. Um, but now instead of that nickname, he's got a little, a little like nicer one. It's still kind of shady, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> but he's been calling her Tungsten, which is a metal because mm -hmm. she is tough and unbending. I mean, to call her Duchess Difficult <laughs> is still in the same vein as Tungsten. Don't you agree? It is, and I do, but, but and, and, and the shame for Prince Charles is that he didn't just use tungsten right away because the skill of the English language is being able to layer stuff into one single word or a sequence of words <laughs> and make it sound like it could be really nice. Right, actually right. it's really horrible. So, and you'd have thought with all his years being, being Prince Charles, he would, have, he would have worked that out by now, but clearly not. Exactly. But what's funny see, see, is... See, tungsten's... I think it's a good one, too. But I don't really know yeah. what you use tungsten for. So just looked it up and says, most things made of tungsten are actually made with tungsten alloys. And a lot of these things are, let's see, 
what is so it was a, so it's a co- combination of metals of course yeah a combination of metals um it kind of looks like i hope i'm not looking at this wrong but it looks like bullets or something are bullets made of tungstens no potentially but anyway so that's what my favorite thing about the uk is the fact that prince charles is a little bitchy and he's trying to you know <laughs> give a shady little nickname to his daughter-in-law so that's what i got for well him. you say you say try you say try but it sounds like he did so well see i say try because i don't think you brits are as good with the shadiness as we americans are so he tried it. Oh, i disagree you know what i mean he tried it I don't think he's as good. Tung- I mean, tungsten, it's it's pretty good, but I think we Americans could come up with something a little better than tungsten. I, I want to hear after this podcast, when you thought about that, what yours would be. Okay, fine. So let's 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 come back to that on in a private world. No problem. Um, so, um, okay, so uh, next door this week for me. Um, obviously, I'm not in in Brentwood, Los Angeles, so I kind of figured I would do something kind of England based. And and the one story that stuck out to me, which I just thought was funny, but also very interesting, um, which was like a next door for the whole of England. And maybe it was the UK, but I think it was just England. Um, KFC. Uh, this is very serious, by the way. This is a very serious event that happened a few months ago. And I don't know if you heard about it. But KFC, after decades uh, of using the same delivery company like the shipping company to deliver their chicken to all of their 900 stores essentially that contract expired and so they put the contract around to all the big companies and said look what can you do for us financially this is what we're currently doing and we want we want to you know rejig the deal as it were they they got the the old company got undercut and so kfc said look okay we're not going to renew our contract we're going to go with these guys Within two days of the new company taking over the delivery of the chicken to the 900 stores in KFC, pretty much every single KFC store had to be closed because they ran out of chicken. What? This new company, how amazing is this? It's so crazy. But you, and you can imagine the outrage from these, you know, these customers that just, you know, they go there every day for their hot wings with a little side of beans, corn, coke, a zinger <laughs> towel burger, some fries, a milkshake. Bit of sauce and then some extra salt just for good measure. Uh, you can imagine their outrage when, like, they got turned up to KFC and there's like signs on the door saying, We're out of chicken. And yeah. that's what it was. And at the time when it happened, obviously, no one knew what was going on. And they eventually had to come out and say, In fact, they put a, a, like a sign on the door saying, We basically changed our delivery company. We messed up. Uh, we're fixing it. Um, so, anyway, they, they kind of had to, to take a step back and they, they got the old company back in the game. And, you know, within a few days, they kind of fixed it. But what an amazing story. Like, it was, it was all over the headlines in England. It was such a big deal, you know, like KFC with no chicken. It's just insane to think about. That is crazy. Uh, and just, just, right. And, but the interesting thing for me is because I think about, you know, obviously, you know, we live in a capitalist country in the US. And, and you know, I, like, I, I, I think that's not the worst thing. Um, obviously, I, I like a bit of balance in my life. But capitalism is, is important in the world. Um, but the problem with this is, you know, they kind of, instead of focusing on this relationship they've had for such a long time, you know, they, they decided to go with something that was a little less money and they really got shot in the foot. And I think it's just a very good lesson for not just for them, for other big companies like this to look at these relationships, look at these competitive bids and say, OK, this is what this costs. But really, this is the value we get with paying that back. Right. Exactly. You know, 
So they really screwed up and they had to, to kind of go backwards and, and say, okay, look, hands in the air, we messed up here and, you know, we did it for the wrong reasons. And, you know, because obviously business is business and you've got to make your money, but how much money is enough money? You know, I always exactly. ask myself that question for exactly. some of these companies. And, it's a great question. you know, there's, it's, it's, it's a really interesting one with, with a lot of people in the world in general. You know, everyone always wants more money and, and you kind of ask them, you know, I'm sure you'd ask so many people why and they wouldn't really have a no. legitimate answer for it. Because capitalism doesn't allow for there to ever be a limitation. You know what I mean? For there to ever be a ceiling yeah, right. or, or the conversation of when is enough enough, you know, it's just yeah, make yeah, as much right. money as you possibly can, you know, um, which yeah, is really yeah. sad. And I'm hoping that, you know, with stories like that, we start having that conversation about capitalism. I mean, the fact that, a handful of people have so much money and like so much of the world is starving. You know what I mean? There's yeah. clearly yeah. something wrong with pursuing capitalism when you have um, your fellow mankind living or mankind living in such like polar opposite ways, you know? Yeah. I, and something's going to get worse. And someone going to get worse. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. I also yeah. think that, <laughs> and correct me if I'm wrong, if this would have happened with Perry Perry, people would have been sort of like rioting because I think Perry Perry chicken has way better chicken than KFC. What do you think? What's Perry Perry chicken? Oh, I don't even know what Perry Perry chicken is. Oh, Nando's. Yes. Of course. Nando. But Nando's isn't like, it's, it's obviously faster food than the average food, but it's not fast food in the, in the traditional sense. So it's different. Very different. You know, and but Nando's is definitely great. You know, go go and grab a bit of halloumi and and uh, a bit of Nando's. You're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> um. So my next door story is from um, Crown Heights, even though I'm in Chicago right now. But I wanted to tell mm-hmm. two little stories because there were personal ones about my neighborhood. So I don't know if I mentioned this, but my neighborhood is super polite. Like, I live in a mostly Caribbean neighborhood, and there are some Jewish Americans there as well. And just my interaction with people, it's just, it's amazing. So here's an example. I went to the local grocery store, you know, to get my items and stuff. One of the most important things I had to get. <laughs> One of the most important I mean, I, I think everyone knows, everyone knows what you do when you go to the grocery well, yeah, store. Just, you don't I need mean, to explain that one. I have yeah. to explain it. Sometimes need a reminder as to what you do at the grocery store so i had to get one of the most important items which is my hand soap okay um so i'm at the checkout line lady is you know bringing my stuff up puts everything in my bags you know i'm walking away right so then i get about a half a block um to where i'm going and then a guy is chasing me down and I, <laughs> I sort of look back and I'm like a little scared at first. And then he comes up to me and in his hand, he has my hand soap. And he's kind of like out of breath. And he's like, miss, miss, you left this at the, How um, sweet. I know, at the checkout line. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you very much. But then he kind of stood there and I think maybe he was expecting a tip or something. I don't know. But then he <laughs> like walked away. But I thought that was like super sweet. Um, it's very sweet yeah he didn't have to do that so it was nice and then um a second example was when i was trying to find a parking space in my neighborhood so i'm one of the few people in new york really not that few because i feel like a lot of people in new york have this so i'm one of the quote-unquote few people that have a car in new york 
Yeah. Um, yeah. So anytime that I'm looking for a parking space, it can be a production. Like it can be really difficult. So I got really lucky with this one space, but it was so small, right? But I knew that my car could fit inside of it because I know exactly like how big my car is. I've had my car for what, almost 12 years now, be 12 years in September. So I have a small Toyota Yaris and I was like, I'm going to get in this space no matter what, okay? (laughs) So then I had a car like directly behind me and he could have went past me, but I think he was being an asshole. But I was like, you know what? I'm about to get in this space right now. It's going to be amazing. So I do my thing, you know, I reverse it. You know what I'm saying? Do my little three-point sort of parallel parking. I tap both cars, like in front of me and behind me. But I got in that thing, right? So then I got out of the <laughs> car. And then this older Caribbean gentleman said, oh, my God, young lady, you are amazing at parking. And I was like, thank you, sir. Thank you very much. So those are my two, like, next door stories. Like, super sweet, like, encouraging older man, giving me props for doing my parallel thing. And then the young guy who ran after me to give me my, my soap. So those are my stories. Love it. I, I have a couple of questions. Actually, one question and a, a similar story in a way. Uh, if you were in bed and you had that guy chasing you, would you have been more scared? Yes. I think yeah, so. You'd have been more, more like starting edge backwards. Because because they're not, I wasn't, I didn't experience Bedside to be as polite as these people in Crown Heights. Yeah. I'm not saying Bedside was like rude or anything, but like there really is a certain polite air in my new neighborhood as opposed to like Bedside. Nice. So, so you, you feel know. safer there? Um, do I feel, sa- well, yeah, I think I feel safer because of my interactions with people. Yeah. But what's weird yeah, is there's yeah. a lot more going on. Like, it's very lively in my new neighborhood. So you would think maybe I yeah. wouldn't, but I do. So. Well, I generally think that, that for me, it breeds more the idea of safety and kind of community. It's that community yeah. feel which, which makes you feel more safe. Yeah, for sure. You know? So, um, so and yeah. then uh, just to, to talk about the, um, the reversing thing. I, the other day, uh, or a few weeks ago, I was at my friend's house and I was just parking up and I, and there was a guy that was like parking up in the space right next to me, you know, like in the same behind me or whatever it was. And it, but he was in this like white van and he couldn't see out the back of it. And so when I parked my car, he said, look, can you help me park please? I can't see out the back. And you know, it's clearly you doesn't drive this van much. So I said, of course, and I, I was late by the way as well, but I was like, of course I'll help you out. No worries. Firstly, this guy took about five minutes. Secondly, Anything I was telling him, he did not listen to. He just, he kept doing it. I'm like, yeah, great. Keep coming. Tell me more. And he would just ignore me and then do his own thing anyway. And in the end, he parked. He was like a foot and a half from the curb in the tunnel. <laughs> and I just, at the end of it, I'm like, why did I even, why did he even ask me? Like, I tried to help you. You've messed it up. And, and yeah, at that point, when he had parked there, I'm like, okay, I'll, you know, I'll see you later, man. Good luck. Wow. Good luck. It's kind of, it was just really weird. What if you ask for help? Why don't you he just couldn't take directions. He thought he could, but he very, couldn't. very weird. Very, well, and he couldn't, he couldn't get it the right direction. He could either, not, really. So, no. Um, but okay. Um, so that's that's very nice, though, to hear about your neighbourhood, um, and 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 maybe I'll see it when I'm in New York in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Which will be, which will be That'd nice. Be really nice. Um, um, yeah. So, um, so your ish this ish, week? Yes, my ish this week has to do with my niece Nyla. And she, oh, good old nut. I know my beautiful little four-year-old niece. Um, 
who, if you're familiar, is apparently my friend now, but not my niece. <laughs> my niece kinda on some days and my friend on other days. Um so Does she, she give you advice? Kind of... Does she give you advice? <laughs> advice that's an interesting word what she will do is check me on certain stuff um for example like what? you know i had got my nails done on sunday okay and <laughs> so i get here to chicago on monday and she gives me a hug tells me she missed me then in the car later she says you know what auntie jen you didn't tell me you got your nails done First of all, now, why do I need to tell you when I got my nails done? What are you talking about? So she checks me on stuff, you know? I guess I'm supposed to tell her, like, like every single move that I make. Advice, we'll see. I think if I asked her for some advice, she would offer it. I don't think she would even question yeah. it at all, you know? That's so funny. She's, she's hilarious, this girl. So she has entered what I like to call a rite of passage um, yesterday. So interesting. And she's four she's years old. Four years old. And so I'm about to tell you <laughs> I'm about to tell you something really black American culturally unique. Okay. So great. My I'm in my sister, you know, her mom, she bought her a bonnet. Do you know what a bonnet is? Of course. Okay, so for those that don't, a bonnet for a black American girl or woman is like a silk it's a it's a it's a bonnet you know it's like this this wrap this this little hat type thing that you wear at night to preserve your hair and so my niece at four years old is entering this rite of passage and it's pink it's leopard um it has a decent elastic for every black american woman that has a bonnet the elastic band is what you're looking for, okay? Because you don't want to be, you don't want to wake up in the morning and have that thing off your head, okay? I have definitely screamed waking up knowing that thing was off my head because I knew my hair would be looking crazy. So my niece has this bonnet. I'm like, oh my God, she's growing up. Look at this. And then it made me think about my times of being a kid, not that young, but when I, you know, would wear a bonnet. So back in the day, I, you know, I was a, a girl who got relaxers. So you are you familiar with what a relaxer is? Now you've lost me. Okay. So, so is, is it Valium? Did your, did your, pet, <laughs> did your mom give you Valium? Because you no. were being too, too loud and obnoxious. No, shut up. A relaxer is a hair. Um, it's like a it's, a, it's a chemical that you put in your hair to straighten it. And the more common term in the black community for that is a perm, but that's not the right word. It's actually a relaxer because it relaxes your curly hair, right? So it makes it straight. Right, right. That's the way for you to think about it. So when I would get my hair relaxed, I would wrap my hair or wear a bonnet or something like that. Um, and so it made me think about those days. And so basically my issue is like, Having a bonnet as a Black American girl or woman, it really is a rite of passage. And so I wanted to share that with you. And it is pretty cool to see my niece, like, experiencing that right now. Love it. And, and she's pretty switched on. So that's, I'm sure she, she sees it as a significant thing as well. Um, so how old were you when you got your first one? That's what I'm trying to figure out. I think maybe 10, maybe 10, oh, 11. Wow. 
something like that. Yeah. So she really is. She's light years ahead of you. You're in trouble, Jen. Right. But as, the thing is, is, she doesn't. Mom. And I want to make this very clear to the listeners because they're probably like, why the hell does she have a bonnet on? She doesn't have relaxed hair. Nobody is straightening my, my niece's hair, okay? She has her natural <laughs> curly hair. It's just that um, her mom wants to preserve her hair um, at night. So that's what's going on. You. You actually need to send me a picture of Nyla because I've not seen a picture of her oh. to, to get this for all these conversations. <laughs> I will. Um, but another question, like when traditionally when, when you get your first bonnet, is it because your hair gets to a certain length? Yes. I think, yes, that's a great question. Yes. Yes. Right. That's correct. Because, you know, if, if you keep your hair short, I'm assuming you don't need your bonnet. Well, the thing is, even if you have short hair as a black American woman, you still want to like wrap it up but the but the wrapping part is like closer to the head. I don't know anybody with sh- super short hair that has a bonnet per se, but they'll have like a silk scarf. You know what I mean? That wraps around the head. Right. Um, but a bonnet, no. Now, any black woman listening that has short hair and you wear a bonnet, let us know. But I have not come across any that do. So, and then my last thing on this is obviously it's a cultural thing. Yes. Right. That. That, that black women have these bonnets, but would it not benefit other other races? Like, is it or is it specifically because of the hair? It, you know, the it, type of it's hair. It's specifically because of the type of hair. So, black women, right. like black women in this general. This is me asking as a man, by the yeah, way. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> black women in general do not wash their hair every day. We don't need to because our hair does not produce oil as much as non black women do. So it just depends on your right. routine. So for some people, for for some black women, you can wash it every three days. You know what I mean? Even that is kind right, of early. Okay. You know, for the most part, most black women wash their hair once a week or twice a week. Then depends on your style. Let's say you have locks, like dreadlocks, then that's a whole other thing. Um, I have well, braids. Of course. I have braids. So that's like, you know, a whole other thing as well. But um, yeah, for the most part, like the reason why we wear bonnets is to preserve our hair. Because the next day when we get in the shower, I, at least for me, I'll wear the bonnet and a shower cap on top of it. You know, wash my body, get out, and then <laughs> and then undo my hair. And That's a great dress. image. Yeah. So I, I have image. literally two layers going on because you know how serious I am about my hair, okay? And so, like, most black women are very serious about their hair, so... Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I I think that's most women. In general, well, I don't women. know about and, that. And a lot, and an awful lot of men, and an awful lot of men. Yeah. Okay. That's. I I'm like I'm I'm that I, I'm that guy that wakes up in the morning, jumps in the shower, just my hair a little bit, and puts it in the general right direction, and then that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I'm I'm too lazy to be dealing with that stuff. It's fine. It looks all right. That'll do. So what's take your... something special for me to to style my hair. Um, so so my ish, um, which I'm sure will be no surprise to you after having a, a week back at home in England, um, my ish is, is about London. Okay. Um, and you know I had I was there last week and I had a couple of days in Kent, which is southeast England, um, with my family, which was very nice to see them and catch up. And and then I was in London for a few days of work and as well as the work, I obviously spent a few days kind of catching up with people, whether it be colleagues or friends or family, um, you know, and dinners and just hanging out. But the best, I mean, I love being back in London. For me, I, I think it's the, you know, the best city in the world. Um, it's really just so vibrant and interesting and diverse. And there's such a variation of stuff. The transport's amazing. Um, 
people's attitudes are amazing. And by that, I mean, you have some great, very nice people. And then you also have some very surly people. Like I like the mixture and the balance of London in that respect, yeah, you know, kind nice. of, I, I like that variation. It, it kind of, people are a lot more authentic in London than you would find in a lot of other cities in the world. Um, but particularly, you know, I love being in London in general, but being there in the summer, is the best thing ever it's the best city in the world for being in the summer i love it i really do it's kind of the 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 parks in london in the summer it's they're like a mecca for locals and tourists it's like it's like a pilgrimage all must take during the summer in london you know every as soon as it gets sunny probably even in spring and particularly summer of course um you'll see every single park in london is just full of so many different people having barbecues, having drinks, playing games. If they're English, they're probably getting sunburnt and dehydrated. You know, it's kind of <laughs> that you just kind of go full blown. Don't really think about it. You just want to get outside with your mates and your family and hang out. And, and, and it's, it's the most time It's the most, it's the best time you're going to see British people happy. Mm. You know, there's obviously a lot of times where everyone individually is happy, but as a collective to see people in London summer, is when you're going to see more British people smiling than you ever see anywhere else in the UK at any, any given time, I think. Like, it's ama- as a, a ratio thing, it's amazing. Um, and even like in, in London in general, obviously you can drink in the street in London. Wow. And, you know, I'm not talking about homeless people, but it's more just like, you know, let's say you're walking, you just left your, your apartment, your flat, and you're walking to the, to the, to the bar with your, a couple of your mates and you're walking to meet your own friend. You can walk along with your beer. And it's just, it's normal and it's easy and it's not an offensive thing. It's just a nice thing especially in the summer um and so that also kind of equates to the bars you know and you go to la or go wherever even in new york you you can't stand outside the bar with your beer right right whereas you know you can do that in england all the time but in summer what's really i love to see is there's by the way there's a pub on every corner right in london that's always the way it's been there's pubs everywhere everywhere so when you walk down the street at 5 p.m in the summer in london Every single pub has like is completely full inside, but then around the outside of the pub, you have like three, four people deep of people outside with their beers and their wine and their drinks, and they're all just having the best time. Just finished work, going to go and have a couple of beers or drinks with your mates. It's I love it. It's just such a good feeling. Um, so so that's it. So so my issue, I guess, it's London, but it's really summer in London. It's such a special place. Um, and it's I, I love being here in summer. I'm so grateful to be or have been there last week, and and I go there again next week for work again, which will be a full on week. But I just I just can't wait to be back there and and enjoy more of it. To be honest, so that's my ish this week. Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So when you go to go to England and London for the first time, let's just try and make sure you do it in summer. Let's do what? Because try and make sure you do it in the summer. Okay. Because you'll get you'll get the mo- the most out of it. Okay, that sounds good to me. Yeah, yeah. Any any questions on that? Um, on that? no, I'm just surprised that um there is a good time to go to London because nobody ever says that there is. Um, so that's nice. There's to always know. a good time to go to London. It's always a good time to go to London. There's just better times to go to gotcha. London. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No, I love yeah. it. That's it's it's great. Okay. Um. Yeah. So what did you learn recently? So what I learned wasn't actually this week. Um, it was actually something that you and I learned together, Jen, uh, at the PGA conference <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. So 
apologize to you because you've already learned this, but it just, it was such a fun, an interesting thing for me to learn that I wanted to share it because I thought it's just so great. Okay. Um, so when we were at the PGA conference a couple of weeks ago, Jen and I went to several panels and one of them was with Michael Douglas and Danny DeVito. And I love Danny DeVito. I think he's amazing. I think he's so funny. I think he's such a great writer and director. And I've always enjoyed his work, especially thinking about his current work where he works on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia because that show is hilarious and his character is one of the best things about that show. He kind of is Danny DeVito thousand, right? Um, but so I wanted to go to this thing and I wanted to see them both and listen, hear them both. And uh, I was very interested. Um, and, I, and I kind of assumed that they were basically had done a show together, which is why they were doing a panel, right? Mm -hmm. When we got there, and it turns out that Danny and Michael Douglas have been best friends since about 1962. Right. Which, which is like over 55 years, which is, I mean, in any lifetime, that's an amazing amount of time to be friends yeah. or in any kind of relationship with someone. Um, and in this business, like it's a whole other thing as well. So that was very, I loved that right away. Um, but to tell you a little bit about their story and how they got together, um, when they were both starting out, they kind of, you know, back then it was a lot of theatre production and you kind of, that's where you, you earned your chops and you kind of worked your way into movies and TV or whatever. So they were kind of both doing the, the stopping in cities and towns where they would go over theatre group and they would do these shows. While they were doing these shows, they would also work construction to make a bit of money because obviously they weren't really getting paid for the theater stuff. Um, and firstly, the idea of Danny DeVito working construction is an amazing <laughs> thing for me. Like, that just breeds comedy right yeah, away. It it's just hilarious. So, but what, one of the first things he said, and this is how we met Michael Douglas, he said they were doing a show in Santa Barbara and you know, when, when Danny was on the road, he'd always have a stash of weed, you know, because he loved to get high and that was one of his things. And, and he said, but, you know, obviously you're on the road and at times you run out of weed, you know. So, so what you do, you kind of get to that stage where you're like, you're on your last little bit of bag and, and, and you look for the person around you that's going to be most likely to have more weed and can help you out. Cue Michael Douglas, who at the time, uh, Danny, it was the first time meeting him. He went up to Michael and said, hey, look, you know, I'm out of weed. You got some weed and blah, blah. I don't think Michael did, but that was their first introduction. Mm -hmm. right? then, uh, a few days later, it sounds like, or you know, however long later, they're, they're both on the construction site, and, and one of the guys says, right, we need a beer run. Who's going to go? Danny puts his hand up and says, I'll go. And then Michael puts his hand up and says, I'll go. Turns out Michael Douglas, being as cool as shit as he is, had a motorcycle. Um, so he, he, him and Danny went off and, and Michael's riding the motorcycle. And again, this is an amazing image to think of Danny DeVito sitting on the back of the motorcycle with Michael Douglas, like clinging on for dear life <laughs> as he's like, riding around the California, California road, which is amazing. Um, so he said they go off and they go on the bike and they stop, they stop halfway to the, to the off license to the liquor store and they, they smoke a big joint and get really high together. They then carry on, they go and get the beer, they drink a beer, they then get back on the bike and, you know, an hour later make it back to the construction site, just completely messed up and just, you know, the rest is history as far as their story goes, you know, and their connection. Um, but then anyway, they, it obviously did grow from there and, and uh, it kind of, after that, or I'm not sure how long after that, but they ended up moving to New York together because at the time, again, that was one of the best places to start your career. Um, and so they ended up in this one-bedroom house on the Upper West Side. Um, it was one-bedroom apartment in the Brownstone. 
um, which had kind of two beds in the one room. So you can imagine, again, their roommates living in the same room, which, again, is hilarious. It's like the kind of thing you could write a sitcom about these days and it will be just fantastic and so much material. Um, and one of the things that Danny said was that, you know, back then it was, you know, the cliche thing of leaving the tie on the door when you, when, you know, when you get lucky and there's a lady around, you pop the tie on the door to let your, your roommate know and, and, you know, they go somewhere else. And he said the amount of times, you know, Danny DeVito ended up schlepping around town, going halfway uptown because there's a tie on the door for Michael Douglas. Oh, wow. Community uh, account, which was just, I just thought it was hilarious. And, you know, again, um, the two of them, the combination is just amazing. Um, so look, they say, they say really good friends. And, and over the years, they, they made several movies together, like Romancing the Stone being one of the first ones together, which is obviously very, um, which is obviously a great movie. And, and, and then Michael, one of the big movies he did early on in his career as a producer was One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, which, which his dad, who was big in the industry, um, it was a movie he tried to get off the ground for a long, long time and, and couldn't do it. And so Michael, for him, it was a very significant one. And he finally gets the money for it. He gets, gets going and, and, and everything's kind of moving along. And the casting agent calls him and says, Michael, we've cast our first part. We're on the move. You've got to meet the guy. Um, and as we know, you know, Jack Nicholson's the leader of this movie and it's just, it's a fantastic cast. But, but Michael goes into the casting director to meet the guy and it's obviously Danny DeVito and he's playing Martini, which by the way is one of the best characters in the movie and like some of the best comic relief of like that very difficult movie. Um, and you can imagine Michael walks in and he's like, what the hell are you, what the fuck are you doing here? This is so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, so they have so many of these moments during their career and, and them talking with each other the banter, you know, the, the, the chemistry between them. It was just so natural and easy. And it's just such an amazing thing to see. And, and you know, you kind of, we, we all strive to, ha- you know, have our friends and, and, and kind of enjoy our friends in the best ways possible. And they really did. Like, however different they were as two people, even though they were kind of striving to do the same thing, they were both very, very different people. And somehow they became the best of friends. And over 55 years later, they're still the best of friends. Yeah. And... Uh, I think I think in in this thing there was like I mean you know the audience get to ask questions in these things and and you and I both rolled our eyes many times because there were many terrible questions, um, <laughs> but one interesting one uh, which it wasn't really that interesting a question it was a pretty shitty question but I, the answer was funny, um, but one of the people said well you know what's your biggest regret, and and they turned to each other and they said well you know that brownstone we lived in that apartment at the time they were asking for seventy thousand dollars for the whole building. Yeah. That's the biggest regret. Because <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, we all know that's worth multi, multi million yeah. dollars. Um, but yeah, so look, and so now they, they, it turns out they are actually they are actually in a show together right now. They're doing. I mean, Michael just did the the Netflix show Kaminsky Method, um, which I think I'm I'm halfway through, so don't spoil it for me. But I think it's an amazing. It's show. so good, and, um, and Alan Harkin is the so man. Good. They're both they're both incredible, and, and Danny DeVito plays uh, plays uh, Michael Douglas's urologist, um, and that's just a very very funny scene in itself. Um, and actually, I mean, it's, it's it's quite a it's a bit of a difficult story. And a friend asked me, I rec- recommend it to a friend, and they said they said, is it more uplifting than the Ted Ted Bundy documentary series? And I said, yeah, definitely. Oh in hindsight, maybe it kind of isn't, but I guess with this show, <laughs> I laugh a lot. It's just be kind of sad and depressing. But it's also very, very funny and very well written. So I love it. Anyway, I highly recommend any auction that show. 
Um, it's an amazing show, and it has Michael Douglas and Danny DeVito, who are fantastic. So I'm glad that you shared that. I'm glad that you shared that because it was nice to see those two on stage just shooting the ish, you know? Like, there was no kind of format, you know? They were just like, we're just sitting here. There was no moderator. Those two were just up on stage, just allowed to, to say whatever they wanted, you know? As David said, right. they, you know, they explained how they um, met and their friendship over the years. And then they were just kind of throwing out random fun facts about each other, you know. And Danny DeVito would kind of veer off into tangent land, you know. And then Michael would have to bring him back, you know what I mean. And then <laughs> Danny DeVito would get, like, distracted again by something shiny in the audience, you know. Um, but it was really lovely to see them um in real life i mean they are living legends yeah they are and it, it, yeah you're quite right i hadn't thought about it like that but you know they're actually just shooting the shit with each other shooting the ish and it was very cool to see and, and very nice to be a part it was my favorite thing about that whole that whole conference for sure yeah it was yeah. nice so i learned that they they've been best friends for over 55 years and i wouldn't have expected them to be and obviously one of the reasons for this show is that we kind of we're trying to trying to look at those expectations of people and, and see the reality that that isn't the case. And, you know, everyone's different and everyone's interesting and unique and, and they're a great example of that. Yeah. So that's, that's why this is uh, what I wanted to talk about. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so I learned something pretty cool about my community. I've actually known about this. Like I've known they've existed, but I didn't know like their history and I didn't know the details of what they were doing. So the community that I'm in right now that my mom lives in um, is a community I grew up in and it's called North Lawndale and it's on the west side of Chicago and um, a lot of people don't know that much about the West Side. I feel like anytime that you hear anything about Chicago, one, it's a negative. And secondly, people hear about the South Side of Chicago. It's about the South Side, and I shouldn't even. Um, okay. But there are some parts of the South Side that are actually nice. <laughs> um, I can't believe I said that as a West Sider, because West Siders and South Siders always debate each other about which side is the worst, which is a very low-level type of arguing, but whatever. Um, so the West Side in general, I feel like it's a very sort of mixed, um, sort of a, a mixed income sort of side of town, you know, have its good parts, you have its quote-unquote bad parts, but North Lawndale has a very historic um, sort of history. I believe Martin Luther King um, had some sort of connection um, to North Lawndale specifically. Um, but there is this church that I learned about that's doing like some amazing work here. Um, and the church is called Lawndale Christian Community Church. So this church has been here for years. Like, as yeah. I mean, been here as long as I can remember but they are really trying to turn this neighborhood around so my neighborhood is like very residential but it's what I would consider to be sort of a food desert do you know what a food desert is no but I want to know sure so a food desert is a place where you can't you don't really have like you either have well you don't really have an easy access to healthy foods okay so in order for you to sort of you know get access to healthy foods you have to drive you know what i mean like kind of a long way it's like a whole foods or a traders or something like that so for a while 
Go ahead. And a lot of people don't have cars, I guess. No, they do have cars, but it's just the, it's the access, you know, it's like, okay, I'm hungry right now. Do I have to drive 15 minutes or more to really go to get some healthy food? Yeah. No, you know, I'm going to go to the McDonald's, you know what I mean? Or I'm going to go to this market up the street, but we know that they've pumped um, the animals with, you know, a whole bunch of, you know, all, all this bad stuff, right? That's one of the so, of America in general, for sure. Yes. So America has a lot of food deserts. So my community was one of those. Um, but this church has created beautiful options for my neighborhood. Um, so a part of their ministry includes, you know, like health, right? So you might have a lot of churches that talk about doing the works of Jesus, you know what I mean? But like very few churches actually fulfill that in like a very thoughtful way. Yeah. So this church has created um what's called a farm it's called the farm on ogden over here in the city i mean have you ever heard of like an american city like a, a, a like built up american city with like a farm before like to me i haven't like that is something that's like extremely new so this church along with the chicago botanic gardens um they allowed you know this farm to like spring up and it's a place where you know they have all of these like foods growing on the premises and they're tended to you know by workers and stuff and whatever they grow on the premises they end up selling so you have a greenhouse and then right right next door to the greenhouse but it's accessible through a door of course is like a little market you know where they have like fresh fruits and veggies and um just things like that um and then like right across Go ahead. I'm assuming, I'm assuming there's no livestock there. It's just it's just fruit. No, and it's just fruits and veggies. Yeah, no livestock. Okay. Um, and then right across the street is a really cute. Tom- it's a really cute cafe called the Green Tomato Cafe, and they have like you know fresh fruit, veggies that you know come from the farm that's across the street. You know, and they keep the prices <laughs> super low. So like I got a really amazing salad with like corn and like spinach and some cheese um and what else was on that like some other stuff i don't know and it was like seven bucks you know it was like a big salad for like seven dollars so this church is really doing beautiful work i mean those aren't just the two things but they have like a um um a legal center uh men's recovery home a senior center a gym and fitness center and it's all kind of on that one like strip you know um but for me it was amazing because my mom and I you know when I got here on Monday we were trying to think about where we're gonna go for lunch you know so and I said oh why don't we go to the green tomato you know because I had been before and she was like oh that's a good idea I totally forgot you know that that was up there so it was just so nice and convenient that we didn't have to like drive anywhere you know what I mean like drive anywhere far that is in order to like get something tasty healthy and affordable you know and so I'm just thankful for this church and it was really good for me to see how the organization of church can do really great things for the community and so when I was talking to my boyfriend about this yesterday he he brought up that point that like that that church really is about the community and that's what all churches are supposed to be about you know what I mean um so yeah that's 
that's what I learned was about all of these different ministries, basically, that this church is about. And they are they are fulfilling the promise of Jesus, you know, which I thought was really amazing. So, yeah, I, I, I love that for several reasons. Um, I'm not a religious person, as you know, but, right. but the one the one benefit I have you know, sin with other people with religion um, and, and why I kind of, I don't think it, you know, on one hand, it's, it's not the worst thing is the idea that they help people and they do right. for worse. They do help people. And, and for a, for a place to be so forward thinking uh, in that respect and to kind of focus on what people are eating, the, the health and fitness and, and yeah. is that, I mean, those two things alone are, are two of the biggest issues we have as human beings in general in the world, because Firstly, as you say, it's kind of, it's not always accessible. So to, to right. make it accessible is a cool thing. Um, and to really, to kind of bring light to it a bit more in an area that maybe doesn't have that is very special. The, the rest yeah. of the world is, you know, in general, in the Western world at the very least, more of a, a bigger conversation now and people are becoming more aware about what they're eating and how they live their lives. And um, But there's still a lot of places that aren't. And, and, it's, and it's, a, it's a, we're products of our environment. It's an educational thing. If you don't know, you don't know, you know. So, so the fact they're doing this is very, very cool, and, and I really yeah, I think it's amazing. I'm just, I'm just so like amazed and appreciative. It's just like so beautiful, you know. So, yeah, that's what I learned. Good, I love it. I love yeah. it. Um, okay, um, so next time we record, I mean, we're obviously both in different continents right now and in and different places normal. But next time we record, we're actually both going to be in New York, which will be very, very cool. So we're going to get to record face-to-face, which will be the first time we've done that. And I'm looking forward to doing that. That's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Of course. It'll be weird, actually. It's going to be very weird, but I, but it'll be fun. It'll be fun. It will be you fun. Know, we, can, we'll, we'll, we can maybe even just do a lot of talk about New York. We'll see. Yeah, maybe. Because I mean, and you definitely have to have a roti. You have to have a roti for sure. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, let's factor that in before I record the podcast. Okay, that's fine. It, well, as long as my roti doesn't involve seafood. Obviously. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Then we're good. Then we're good. Um, so um, we, we're gonna, we we're thinking about adding a new segment, which I'm going to let Jen explain. Um, but we need your help with it, guys. So so please give us a hand with this one. Yeah, we want to introduce a new segment where we address your questions and the working title for the segment is listeners-ish right now. Um, So, yeah, you know, if you have any questions or you want us to comment on anything, again, you have the best of both worlds here, okay? You have the Black American woman, all right? And this crazy British man. Um, crazy? What? Yeah, crazy. I said it. I substituted <laughs> that, you know, for white. So you better love it. So um, you can DM us, DM us, sorry, on Instagram if you want, or even Twitter um, with your questions. Or if it's friends and family, y'all know y'all can text us um, or call us or whatever. But yeah, we're going to be introducing this new segment and addressing, you know, uh, things that you want us to address here. Yeah, and, and obviously you get the idea of our general theme, so it, it can be about anything. 
Yeah. Um, uh, you know, can be funny, can be serious, can be whatever. Just whether it's a question or whether it's a topic you want us to comment on and discuss, let us know, and we'd we'd really appreciate it. So yeah, thank you in advance. That'd be good. Um, and then yeah. this is a reminder to review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. Please shoot them the ish with a Brit. We would appreciate it. Um. Only if it's good ones. We won't appreciate it otherwise. <laughs> See, I disagree with that. If you guys want to give us <laughs> constructive criticism, go ahead and and do that. I, I mean, come on, David. It's... Yeah, well, you know, do do that privately. You know, do that privately, <laughs> and we'll work on it. And, and and by the way, just to say that we have actually, you know, we've had criticism and we've had people. To, we've spoken to friends and family about the podcast and. And, you know, we've made changes over the last several months and it's because of that. So thank you, everyone that's done it so far. And we really do appreciate it. It makes a big Amen, difference. Amen, it does. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my, my goodbye is obviously the, the Hungarian for goodbye tonight. And it's a really hard word to say. And I'm going to spell it for you first. Uh, it's spelled V-I-S-Z-O-N-T-L-A-T-A-S-R-A. Nice. And and you pronounce it, I think, Visontatastro. Say it again. And that is goodbye in Hungarian. Visontatastro. Okay. Definitely a harder accent. That's not the right accent for it, but that's about the gist of it. So there you go. That's mine. Okay. And then here in <laughs> Chicago, um, people call each other Joe. That's what the children. Actually, let me not say children. That's a little offensive. That's what, you know people you know say um <laughs> you so already said children now so. joe is just like you know a stand-in i guess for a person or dude or a guy or lady so i'm gonna go with you know i joe like that like sort of like lady I joe dude <laughs> love it i at joe <laughs> and Valar Magulis, or whatever you said. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Jen. <laughs>